Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. But he goes on in verse 19, but these, they're sensual. In other words, they're worldly, they're soulish. They're not spiritual per se, and that's how they can appeal and allure through the flesh. They're very soulish persons, and they cause divisions. They separate or they make divisions not having the Spirit. If the Spirit of God does not indwell you, you are not a Christian. Welcome, everyone, to our Bible study on Truth in Christ Radio. Today, Pastor Rob finishes Jude's letter and explains these certain men that we've been talking about. Essentially, these men were not spiritual. They were carnal and insensitive to the Holy Spirit. These certain men had an instinct to separate themselves and make divisions. This word division denotes those superior people who keep themselves to themselves. Christian Pharisees. Finally, Jude tells us, build yourself up on your most holy faith. This means that we are responsible for our own spiritual growth. Now let's join Pastor Rob as he finalizes the book of Jude. In verse 15, to execute judgment, to convict all who are ungodly, and this is what God is going to do among all them of their ungodly deeds. This word ungodly is quite uh, fluent in this verse. Ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken. Who? Against who? Against him. Against God. See, there's the problem. They've spoken against him. Never speak against God. You're on very thin ice when you speak against God. You can speak against anything else, but when you start speaking against him, you better uh, be careful. They spoke against him. In verses 16 through 18 below, we see that Jude is really quoting from 2 Peter chapter 3. And you can just write down 2 Peter chapter 3 verses 1 through 4 because these next three verses are really come from Peter's epistle. And we're going to see that. And so he goes on and he goes, these are grumblers. They're complainers. Isn't this really exciting to talk about on a Sunday morning? I don't know about you, but I'm just so uplifted. <laughs> No, it is. It is uplifting in a different way because what it's doing is it's it's showing us the opposite of what we need to be and the things that we need to be careful of. And see, as much as God loves to give us the warm fuzzies and the, and the encouraging things and the love and the grace and the mercy, no, we just like that. It's like eating ice cream. You know, we love those things, but we also have to go through these things. 
These are grumblers, they're complainers. They walk according to their own lusts, and they mouth great swelling words. In the, in the Bible, there's a, there's a place, uh, in, I, I believe it's in Daniel, where it talks about the Antichrist, or the beast, speaking great swelling words, and it's no different here. Great swelling words, just magnifying themselves and what they're going to do. Flattering people to gain advantage. And these kind of people, these apostates, they, they, they curry favor with those in advantage. To the wealthy, they curry favor so they can be in their circles. And it's, you know, it's important for some people to be swimming in the same circles as those and hobnobbing with the rich and the famous and hanging out with people. You know, it's interesting that if you're, a, if you're an author of a book, and, and Oprah, read your book. You could be selling 100,000 copies on, on a Friday. Oprah sends out a, a tweet that she really liked the book that you wrote. The very next day, you're a millionaire. Within minutes, you're a millionaire. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? But notice in verse 17, the mood changes here. And thank God, I've had enough of this. It's good for us, but the mood changes, thankfully, in verse 17, because now it's the, the exhortation now is to the believer. And we can see in uh, the statements in, for instance, verses 3, uh, verses 17, and certainly in verse 20, uh, Jude uses this phrase. He says, but you, beloved, but you, beloved, dear friends, dear believers, dear loved ones. That's really the idea. The mood changes here. After speaking about all these negative people and negative things, he says, But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. In fact, in Second Peter chapter 2, you can write this verse down. Let me read it to you. Second Peter 2, verses 18 and 19. In fact, Peter and, and John and, um, and Jude... All these letters here at the end are very, it's a warning to us. And no doubt it's at the end of the book before Revelation, because as we get closer to the events occurring in Revelation, these things are what had happened back then, and they're certainly talking about things that are happening currently, and they will continue to occur until the church is removed from the, from the earth in the rapture. But notice in Second Peter chapter 2, verse 18, it says, For when they, these false teachers, when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure they allure through the lusts of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. And while they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. By whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. But he goes on in verse 19, but these, they're sensual. In other words, they're worldly, they're soulish. They're not spiritual per se, and that's how they can appeal and allure through the flesh. They're very soulish persons, and they cause divisions. They separate or they make divisions not having the Spirit. If the Spirit of God does not indwell you, you are not a Christian. That's what the Bible says. But notice, he says, the words spoken by the apostles concerning these apostates. You know, Paul spoke of them. You can write this one down too in Acts chapter 20, verses 27 through 31. Paul, when he was on the shores there in Asia Minor, 
in the Aegean Sea, as he was speaking to the elders at Ephesus, he says, For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Counsel of God. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among whom the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. And he's talking to these elders of Ephesus. He says, To shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. And Paul says this, he says, For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And also from among those men, I'm sorry, also from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things to draw away what? Disciples after themselves. He says, therefore watch. And remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. So Paul, the apostle, speaking of these things. Paul, again in Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4. Beginning in verse 1, he says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, preach the word and be ready in season out of, out, and out of season. Convince and rebuke and exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Why? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires they have itching ears and they heap for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the, church, from the, from the truth and be turned aside to fables. And folks, that's what's happening today. Do you know that? In churches all across America today, they're telling stories and feel-good things, and people aren't being fed the Word of God. It's important for us to teach the Word of God. After all, why would we gather anyway? Is the main reason we get together is to eat? It's a pretty good one, but it's not the best one, right? This is the, this is the, the, the focal point. It's, it's the thing that we gather around and then all the other things can happen, but that must be the central thing. That must be the most important thing that we do together is to gather around the Word of God. Amen? And sometimes it's not easy, like this morning. It's hard. And other times it's like, oh, I feel this is such a blessing, you know? Love the, the feeling. Don't you love peace when you're in the will of God and you're, you're loving Him and there's a peace that floods over you that, the world can't understand. It's such a wonderful joy to be a child of God. There are a lot of scriptures. Let me just give some to you. I won't read them. Second Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. And even John, the apostle, I'll read this one. In Second John chapter 1, verse 7 through 11, it says this. And these are things that we've all gone over recently in the last few months. But he says, for many deceivers have gone out into the world. And, and, and so when, when Jude is talking about this idea that these um, apostles have spoken, that these are the things that he's referring to, the things that I'm reading to you right now. He says, the apostles have said these things. And this is exactly what he's referring to. In Second John 7-11, through 11, it says, For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Not the antichrist, but an antichrist. Look to yourselves that you do not lose those things which we work for, but that we may receive a full reward. Let's go on in verse 20. And again, in verses 20 through 23, Jude is again slowly changing the topic, thank you, Jesus, concerning the judgment of apostates and into practical application for us as Christians. Notice what he says in verse 20, But you, beloved, again, and here's four things, build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. 
keeping yourselves in the love of God and looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Four different things. Building yourselves up. There's, there's no greater foundation than that of Christ. In Ephesians 2, beginning in verse 19, Paul said this. He said, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens and, this, and the saints and members of the household of God, having been what built up on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom also you are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Isn't that wonderful? That's how we get built up, building up ourselves. He says, build up yourselves on the most holy faith, the faith that was established by Jesus. He's the cornerstone and the prophets and the, and the, and the uh, apostles, the things that they shared that Jesus put a stamp of approval on. These are things we can hold to, we can live by. And he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, For there is no other foundation, or no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. He is the foundation. Amen? And he says, Keep yourselves in the love of God, and that just speaks of abiding. Abiding in Jesus. Keeping yourself in the love of God. Keeping yourself in that place of continuing to be in that place of obedience and worship. Because isn't there, again, there's a wonderful joy, there's a wonderful peace, and everybody smile because this is good stuff. There's a wonderful joy and there's a wonderful peace when we know we're right with God. You're not, none of us are perfect. But you know that wonderful, blessed feeling even. I hate to use feelings too much, but this is a good thing of knowing that you're right with God, that you're not living in rebellion. You're really seeking to honor him in everything, in your mouth, in your actions. Keep yourselves in the love of God. In John 15, verse 9, Jesus said, As the Father loved me, I also loved you. And here's his exhortation to you this morning. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. So therefore, abide in my love. And if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. There's a great joy. There's a blessing for obedience. And there's also curses for disobedience. I don't know about you, but I want to be obedient. I want to be blessed of God. I don't want my life to be a wreck. And the more I listen to him and I'm obedient to him, boy, my life just gets overflowed with so much joy, so much purpose. I can sleep at night. I don't have to take pills to go to sleep. And even my digestion is better because I don't have all this agita in my life. Your heartburn may go away. (laughs) Think of all the pills you might have to not have to take anymore. Just to have peace with God. And boy, it settles the soul. It settles the body. It settles everything. And you're just like that simple child sitting in a field. Man... Simplicity, it's something we need to return to, isn't it? Life is so complex. I would encourage you to uncomplex yourself. Uncomplex yourself. Simplify your life. You're going to have to fight to do it. But it's so worth it. Everyone else will look at you and go, when are you going to get with it? You're like a lazy bum. No, you still do your job. You still do those things that are necessary, but don't let anybody manipulate you. Don't be manipulated to do anything. Sometimes the best thing to do when all the demands of people are upon you is to just cut yourself away from it and let them be, and you go be with God. It's hard, isn't it? Because your conscience, then people say, man, you're, you're a hater. 
Hashtag hater. You're a hater. No, I'm a lover. I know what's best. And you should too. You need to spend time with Jesus. But if you won't, and you want to point the finger at me, that's fine. But I'm going to go spend time with my Lord, and I'm going to be peaced out. And boy, that drives a person crazy. When you're all peaced out and ghosted. You spent time, the Spirit of God is upon you, and you're just feeling like, oh Lord, I just want three more hours like this. And you get a Christian whose heart's not right, and boy, they're just like, rip you one from one end to the other. You should be doing You should be cleaning the bathrooms at church. Why are you just sitting here reading your Bible? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? <laughs> but he says, keep yourselves in the love of God and looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And the, the idea of this is waiting you know, expectantly for the rapture of the church. You know, um, there's so much about this. You know, I love in 1 John chapter 3, he says, Beloved, we are the children of God, and I love this, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, when we see Jesus, we will be like him, for we shall see him as he is, and everyone who has this hope in himself, hope in him, I'm sorry, everyone who has this hope in him, Jesus, does what? Purifies himself just as he is pure. Now, Christ has cleansed us. But there's practical application here, too. We need to purify ourselves, too. We need to put off those things of death and the things of corruption and put on the things of God. And how do you do that? You read it and you pray and you think about everything you're doing. Be purposeful in your life. Don't just be on autopilot and do what you've always done. Be purposeful. Purposeful in sending the card to someone who's ill. Purposeful in making the phone call. Purposeful in sending the text message, even though you don't really want to, but you know it's the right thing to do. Send the text message. Hey, thinking about you. Call me sometime in the next day or so. We can pray together. Let your life be about that rather than just filling it with things because the world will fill your calendar very quickly. But simplify your life, Christian. Simplify your life. Simplify your schedule. Ask the Lord to show you anything that's just not of him and jettison it. Cut it out. And rather be with him. Do the things that he's called you to do. I wonder how many things like that are in my life. So many things in a life. If you were to put them on a paper and say, Lord, of all these things that I'm involved in, I go here to do this with this group of people. I go here to do this with this people. I go here. How many of those things are really of your heart? And really be serious about it. Pray and ask him. And see if he won't challenge you to say, you know what? I'm going to cut this. I'm going to cut that. And I'm going to cut that. Simplify your life. But no, we run ourselves ragged. We're literally like 10 minutes away from chaos. Everywhere we go, rushing here, rushing there, rushing here. Got to make this appointment. Got to make it. Oh, I got to put dinner on that. Oh, I got to do that. Oh. Next thing you know, man, you're popping pills just to keep your sanity. And the Lord's going, all you need is me. My burden is easy. My yoke is light. Or my yoke is easy. My burden is light. But I don't know that I know that yet. Maybe you do. Or maybe you don't. Something to think about. 
But he goes on in verse 22 and he says, and some have compassion, make a distinction. In other words, there's some people you got to just, you continue to minister regardless of where they're at. Whether they're an apostate or whether they're a person who's just confused or maybe they've been fed the wrong information, you, you, you go after whoever it is. As long as there's life and there's breath in a human being, never stop trying to reach them. Love on them. Don't get involved in their filthiness. Don't be defiled by the things that they do, but reach out. Grab a hold of them. He says, but others say, with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Go after them. Go after them. Go after these young teens that are involved in so many things. Love them. Go after them. Don't just let them go and let them, you know, well, they're not going to listen to me anyway. That's the, that's the excuse we have. Go after them. Love on them. And when they spurn you, you take that to the Lord and you continue to love on them and go after them. Continue. And the following verses are really the doxology. It's really the benediction. It's a good place to end. We'll finish this chapter, finish this book. He says, Now to him who is able, these two verses are worship. This is our benediction, our doxology. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless. You know you're going to be presented faultless before the throne of God. Jesus is going to present you as his chaste virgin bride. Oh, man, how awesome that is, just the thought of that. He's going to present you to his Father, this chaste virgin bride of Christ, which you and I are. You may not feel like it right now, but let me tell you, at the rapture, you're going to receive a new body. Everything's going to be new, and he's going to present you. This is what I've done, Father, and this is for you. Man. He's going to present you faultless, before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Isn't that wonderful? Exceeding joy. He's going to do this. Can you imagine the look on his face? The radiance, the beauty. Can you imagine? I love to get carried away with that stuff. And he says, To God our Savior, who alone is wise. There's only one Savior, and there's only one who is wise. There's only one who is reverend. His name is Jesus Christ. To him be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Amen. And I love this. You know, you look at a lot of Paul's um, benedictions. Let me just read one of them to you, one of my favorites, and then we'll pray and we'll be done. One of my favorites. Romans chapter 16, verse 25, he says, Now to him. At the end of Paul's letter, he would have a similar thing, a similar benediction. To him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began, but now made manifest by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations according to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience to the faith. To God alone be wise, be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Amen. What a joy it is, isn't it? So let's stand together. And I would encourage you just to be to abide in the love of God. Let him love you this week. And don't think that your performance has anything to necessarily do with it. If there's something that you've done, what, what's the promise? If we confess, he is faithful to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you believe that? If you believe that, then take him at his word, honor him, and let him change you, continually changing you. Isn't that what it's about? It's sanctification. It's going to take some time. Let him sanctify. And enjoy the Lord. Enjoy this new life that he's given you. 
And folks, simplify. Simplify your life. Because he loves you. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to spend more time with me. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. Pray that you would do this work in us, Father, and that you'd protect us, Father, too. We know there's all kinds of things around us we don't like, things in the world that are going crazy. Lord, help us not to be distracted by politics and by, uh, by diseases and pestilence. Lord, you said in Matthew 24, all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. You've given us the truth. You've given us the future. Help us to abide in you now and to be peaced, be at peace with you. So we love you, Jesus, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob begins a study in the book of Revelation. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcasts. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.